Welcome back to Utah's only plaid clad podcast coven, 801 Horror Occult. I am part one of many people, Kira Anti Pants. Woo! Welcome. Join us. So today, we're solo. We're covering a cold case. This is a cold case that I've been wanting to cover for a while that I happened to discover when we were researching for the last cold case episode with Saltaire Sally and Susan Powell. And I was like, well, bro, this one's too big. We're going to have to have it its own episode. So, world, thanks for listening, by the way. (laughs) And go listen to that episode if you haven't heard it yet. Um, Today, in the plaid clad podcasting coven, we are going to cover the cold case of Anthony Charles Adams. Oh, snap. Who's Anthony Charles Adams, you are asking? Well, people, I will tell you, it was a cold case from the late 70s. That was before most of us were born that are listening. (laughs) Maybe some of you were born who are listening now. So, this case is a doozy, let me tell you. There's so many things to it. I like it. And also, I want it solved because it's over 40 years. It needs to be solved. We need to bring justice to his family. Alright, let's get the deets on Anthony Charles Adams. Just kind of give you a heads up of how he was. And kind of, you know, pave the path for what's to come. So then, when we get to his murder, it will all start to make sense slightly. And add more questions. Alright, so Anthony Charles Adams. Right before he died, he was a 25-year-old bus driver. So that's fun. (laughs) Not that bad looking either. I saw pictures. We'll post some on the socials. For being the 70s, he's, he's quite a dapper gent. As a youngster, he and his devout Catholic family moved from Baltimore to good old Salt Lake City. Ooh, ooh, what a drastic change, you poor family. So once they moved here, um, then he went to good old Judge Memorial High School. Y'all were no judge. For those of you who are not familiar with Judge Memorial, because you don't live here, or you don't care, it's a popular Catholic high school here. Still around. <laughs> old as hell. Just like Granger. Where's all the Granger people at? (laughs) While he was at Judge Memorial, he was active in science and chess clubs, the Student United Nations, this bro was on honor roll, the soccer team, the school newspaper stuff, oh, and the debate club. Why, hello, accomplished nerd alert. Yeah, man, my parents would have loved me for all of that that he's doing. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Have any of you done that? Are any of you nerds? Good for you. Putting the initiative in to be a hardcore badass. He and his brother were also both um, national merit finalists. My God. My God. Good for you guys. Your parents would be so proud. (laughs) a lot of work. You know what I did in high school? (laughs) Not that. Well, I was in German club and at one of my careers, French club, whatever school career that was. En Francais, oui. (laughs) Um, What else did I do? People's hair and college stuff and artistic stuff. And then I worked with bands, booking and promoting, and I made my own like a local band festival show two days y'all remember that the kiwi rocks fest hell yeah (laughs) yeah back then i was the kiwi le kiwi yep masculine because it got man shoulders Uh (laughs) anyways okay so that was in his good old judge memorial high school section or chapter of his life in this next chapter of his life which he was currently in When he was murdered, he was attending college at the University of Utah. Side tangent, 
I had a clot in my jugular vein and I was like one day away from dying because I wouldn't go to the hospital. And the University of Utah Hospital is the hospital that saved me. So I love them. I feel like during the Holy War when they're in the football game against BYU, I don't care about football, but I have to for the U of U because, you know, they saved my life. I would not be here to annoy you right now. So <laughs> go Utes. Anyways. Okay. So he was prominent in activist circles. He was working for the Socialist Workers Party. He was a member of the NAACP. He protested for gay rights and was a part of a campaign to pressure the U of U to divest uh, its stocks in companies that operated in South Africa in those days. So go you, sir. You're just Mr. Busy Pants. <laughs> but within all of these, he was slightly a um, private man. He was very, very secretive. And so he was selectively compartmentalizing. Compartmentalizing. Say that with me, everybody. Compartmentalizing. Yeah, I can't say it. But you know. So with each group, he would only allow them to know so much about him. And he never really spoke about other aspects of his life outside of that group that didn't obtain to that subject of that group. So, since he only showed aspects of himself in each group, it makes this case way more difficult to solve. <laughs> makes you think what was really going on. And just wait, this is just a minor part of things to come that only shroud this case in even more mystery. Oh, one other thing to, you know, add to his Mr. Fancy Pants. He's amazing and we're all jealous of his ruling of the world. <laughs> so he also had a hand in organizing the Anita Bryant protest in 1977. Anita Bryant was a singer and former beauty queen who was against gay rights. In other words, she's a douche canoe. Like, seriously. <sighs> now this is where the key to unlock thyself into the descent of speculative, racist, homophobic, political madness for Anthony Charles Adams begins. This fresh-faced 25-year-old gay African-American socialist just was living his life and trying to voice himself to this stuffy, ignorant world. And he was silenced. Dun, dun, dun. What was he silenced from, you may ask? Well, I just gave you three different reasons on top of your normal motives it could have been. In the 70s, people are way more ignorant about race and sexual preference. And they're starting to open up. But, I mean, we're still not where we should be today. But, yeah. And he was a socialist. <laughs> not everybody is a fan. So, let's go down this rabbit hole of madness. Ridiculous, unnecessary madness. Alright, on level one of this descent into crazy madness. I'm going to give you a little history of the LGBT community in Salt Lake City in the 70s. So back then, at the good old SLC was home to five gay bars, all-night bathhouses. Do we even have bathhouses there now, or are they all illegal because Cause entitled Karens run the world now? And chads. Anyways... So yeah, all night bathhouses and even a nudist strip along the Great Salt Lake dubbed Bare Ass Beach. Now I can tell you now, Bare Ass Beach does not exist anymore that I am aware of. <laughs> As due to climate change, the good old Salt Lake is, um, you know, drying up. <laughs> <laughs> Does the bare ass also descend as the water <laughs> descends away? <laughs> I wonder if anyone has been there. If you know anyone that has been to that bare ass beach nudist colony 
along the edges of the Great Salt Lake. Do let me know. Or I want pictures. Just because it's funny. And also, hmm, weird. There's supposed to be another nudist colony. Um, I can't remember where. But there's a sign. And there's a beaver on it. Yeah. I drove past it with Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. You get mentioned in this so much because you're one of our first listeners. So you're always just like, mwah. Shift kiss. (laughs) Okay. The gayest part, quote unquote, the gayest part of town um, was where the Vivint Smart Home Arena is. Or, you know, for those who don't live here or can't keep up with who owns it now. The place where the jazz plays. That arena. That part. Before it was an arena. It was full of many other things and not that. (laughs) Also, where the KSL um, studios are. Yeah, so that big lump sum in that area was quote-unquote, the gayest part of town. Quote-unquote. Also, the original Sun Tavern, a super popular gay bar, was also in that area. So yeah, that's where all the cool fancy kids were. I wonder if they had any great drag shows back then. There's some good drag shows that they have now at the the Sun Trap. That's a fun place. Yeah, also they have um, queen balls where it's different themes and you can go up fancy. Like my roommate, her family and I went to the winter one and it was fun. It was like a gothic winter ball. And then there's going to be a, I think a fairy tale one coming up soon. And what we're excited for in May, they are going to have a Tim Burton ball. If y'all are interested, I'm going to, on the socials, leave information on how you can get tickets. So, as everyone's getting all fancy-pantsy and finding themselves around this time, there also was a slew of gay hate crime murders. Okay, kitties, now that we have a history of the LGBT community in the 70s, let's get on to get in depth into this case. November 6, 1978. Two of his friends hadn't heard from Anthony for a while, so they decided to go check on him. That was the dreadful day that they found his body. And whoa, whoa. It's horrible. You ready for this? Buckle up. (laughs) So, when they found him, he was chained to a radiator in his apartment in the avenues. So don't live in the avenues. It's full of pretentious people anyways. I'm just kidding. Well, some of you are. (laughs) Or some of you will get murdered. It just, it doesn't, you don't know. I can't word today. He was chained to a radiator, completely naked. And as the... They walked in. I think he was, I think it said they were like two inches of just this two inch puddle of blood that he was in. And he had been there for a few days. Forensics later on says he was probably murdered on the third. And they um, found out that he was stabbed around five times. The number kind of varies from what I've researched, but at least five times this poor guy was stabbed. So he was um, stabbed in the neck and twice in the chest. One of the neck wounds were so deep that it cut into the muscles along his spine. Like, and some sources say he had a slit throat, but I honestly think that was probably the one that they thought was a slit throat. Or it could just be a boring way to say his throat was slit. Either way. Yeah. Doozy woozy. Poor fella. Can you imagine that? The fact that someone would stab you that many times alone. Hate crime. Usually stabbings are more personal because they're up close. So was that a hate crime? Was it because he was a gay man? Was it because he was African American? Or was it something else? (laughs) Like, woo, woo, woo. And we will go on. So, let's go over motives, people. Okay, keep in mind, he was a socialist, did many, many protests, 
racism was huge back then. It still is today, but you got the racism card. You got the homosexual card. So let's think of motives, shall we? Here are some speculations to the, as to the motives and what they are. So we got the hate crime, as I said. And then the race card, the political. So there was um, one of the detectives that worked on his case. Detective uh, Millard believes it was a bar pickup turned to murder. Okay, I'll go into the details as to why they think it could be that. One of the things it could be. So, the reasons Mr. Detective Millard believes that it was a bar pickup turned murder was there was a witness that saw Adams the weekend of his murder at a tavern with another man. Bro, really? Again, I'm not buying this. This is bullshit. You know how many times we go to bars with men? <laughs> it's nothing. And just because you were seen with another man doesn't mean, did they see him walking? Did they? Who knows? All it says is that. So that's not very solid. The next part as to why he thinks this is, Detective Millard um, went back to the crime scene after it was cleared by the original detectives and found a knife with what appeared to be a blood stain on it. And it was in the utensil drawer. Yep, let me say that again. The utensil drawer. So, he thinks that this could be a second murder weapon, aside from the knife that they found in the bedroom that was the main murder weapon. Let me ask you people, do you think it is or do you think it's something different? Why do you think that other knife, if it really was that, why that was in the utensil drawer? Isn't one knife sufficient enough? <laughs> was the first one too dull so they put it back? Or were they swapping out murder weapons and that was actually a murder weapon to another stabbing that there was? Ooh, that's a good idea because that really could be it because there was another murder later on that we'll get into. Killed the same way and he was also gay. Hmm, was it to the same person and they just disposed of the stabbing from there? Who knows? And also, what did he do with that second weapon, Mr. Detective Millard? So, he thinks that... It's a crime of passion since the killer did bring a weapon. But you know what? Not every killer that is a crime of passion brings a weapon. Because, you know, some people can strangle with whatever they find there. Be it sheets, pantyhose, a rope, a cord, phone cord. Because phone cords were big back then because they weren't fancy. And cordless phones did not exist. And there's lots of things. You can find a hammer. <laughs> whatever's laying around the house. You can be a whatever's convenient weapon killer. <laughs> Look at this cup. Now I bludgeoned you to death. There's so many things. And it could still be a crime of passion. Because you're very passionate about killing this person. Doesn't have to be... Because you brought a weapon. So another one is, he stated back then that domestic disputes between gay men always turn to violence. Ignorance, bro. Ignorance. I can't say this enough. This case really angers my soul. <laughs> you know, there's disputes among all people, not just gay people back then. Actually, there's some really violent things going on back then for straight couples. And besides, what's the motive, sir? If it's a crime of passion and domestic dispute between two men that he picked up from a bar. I want to know. Now, let's get into some what-the-fuck moments. Because I think I meshed another motives just in there when I was writing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we're going for what-the-fuck moments. <laughs> Join me, Miss Anti-Pants, in what-the-fuck moments. 
Okay, so here's some reasons why this case drives everyone crazy and has not been solved. So this murder was never adequately investigated. No. Ron Miller was the detective who spent most of the time on the case, disagrees about poor police investigation. I'm sure you did some, but when I was deep diving into this, it kind of sucked, yo. <laughs> I will list a lot of the reasons why. So, two of the original detectives were reassigned mid-investigation. Why? What did they do or not do? What did they know? Another what-the-fuck moment, and adding to this why they can't solve the cases. His Adam's secrecy for his life into each of his groups and projects that he did, only sharing tidbits of himself, does not help paint any picture for the poor detectives. Like, seriously. Man, he would be a good spy. What if he was a spy? He's really good at keeping secrets. Dude, you could tell him anything and he'd be a really good secret keeper, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I got plenty of secrets I can tell him. They're not exciting, but, you know, because it's a secret, it's more exciting than it really is. Yeah. Another one. Get this, peeps. Five weeks after his death, the civil libertarians and gay right leaders met with the Salt Lake Police, Bud Willoughby. However you say that, doesn't matter, because I butchered every name I say ever. Even my own. So they met with the police chief, Bud Willoughby, asking for better police protection because of the escalating violence in the community. For numerous reasons. Like, it's it got pretty scary for a little bit. So scary, it's scary says my mind. <laughs> so the increasing threats and murders of at least two gay men that were documented that they know of. On top of that, there was some lesbian murders too. There's like lots of crime, not just some murders, but it was escalating. Shit was getting real. And what were they going to do about it? No one feels safe. It's like when son of Sam was going around being crazy because of a dog that was talking to him. Allegedly, there might be more than just him if you watch the Sons of Sam series. That makes you wonder, but either way, he was involved. Crazy little unibrow man. Anyways, so it's getting scary. Of course it's scary running around. If you're very into one opinion to change the world, and then you have the white man oppressing you because they don't want it changed, they don't want equality, and they have the power? Of course it's terrifying. What the hell is going to happen? I mean, come on. Our country was established to, what, every 75 years stir shit up so we can make sure that, you know, everything's in check all the time and we don't let these power people, like, get power to their heads and go crazy? Oh, wait. We are in that state where... You know, we haven't shook shit up for a while, and, you know, we're doomed. Oh well. <laughs> Might as well find the silver lining, because there's not a lot we can do besides protesting. And, you know, protest smart people. Don't hurt people. Don't kill people. Peaceful protesting. That's what you need to do. Peaceful. So at the same time that this was going on about the the gay community being worried because of the escalations for murder and violence. Um, a Socialist Workers' Party official, Sid Stapleton, straight up out of New York, um, urged the police um, to treat the Adams death that was, get this, days before an election which he was actively campaigning for that party's second congressional district candidate. So was this done by a political assassin? You know, like, did they want to assassinate him because he was campaigning for the Socialist Party? Was it? Fruit for thought? Hmm? Was it political? Was it a hate crime, be it 
or of racism or sexual preference. Ah, crazy to think about, though. About a week later, a Socialist Workers Party um, attorney received a visit from officers who showed him a composite drawing and a photo of a suspect in another homicide. He didn't recognize it, but then officers asked for a complete membership list so they could be interviewed about the picture. Hmm, really? So, is it? Is it someone within the organization? Or someone were they using that as someone in their party? Possibly, they think, was connected to another murder. And so they're just using this as a, a segue to get in. So they can then, you know, fuck shit up in there that's not needed. Maybe. <laughs> so the attorney asked to get copies of the sketch and the photo instead to circulate around instead of releasing the list of the um, members. But the police refused. Uh, Member believes it was leverage for police to silence the group, which is very suspicious as well. Of course, they can get in. They can use that death to get in there and get all the information for the people in the socialist parties. All of them. It's nuts and then they can do with what they will and blackmail them or you know get them on other things just to stick it to them there are so many terrible things that could be done with that kind of information not cool man not cool unless like you know legit it was for murder you know actual things but then you know you gotta do it the right way and not hurt people there's another crazy one A few months after Adam's death, his brother Keith recalls going to the police department to try and get an update. Like, it has been a while. What the hell are you guys doing? I don't know if at the time he realized how secretive his brother was. Did anyone at that time realize just how secretive Anthony was? Like, because shit is good. You could waterboard him and I'm sure he would not talk. (laughs) You could pull the fingernails and I'm sure he wouldn't talk. And other ways that they get people to talk. (laughs) He is a stone, my friend. (laughs) So, um, the, here is the really, really messed up part. When his brother Keith went down to see what progress they've made in this case. So the clerk announced him to another officer that this quote-unquote And I'm not going to say the word because it's a horrible word, but I'm just going to say it means a bundle of sticks or a cigarette. (laughs) So keep that in mind. So he said to this other officer that the dead F's (laughs) brother is here. Who the fuck says that? Like, you're a jabroni cop. Keith should have got his name and blasted it all over the media. If that would have happened nowadays, oh, hell no. That officer and the whole police department would have just been shot down. They're very lucky there wasn't social media back then. Your social media was word of mouth, the bar, and talking to your friends, or if you're in Utah, your ward at church. <laughs> That's it. That's your social media. And of course, a newspaper and telephone polls. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Now you'd be blasted. Your picture, your information would be there for the whole world to see. Do with it what you will is what it would be like. That's messed up, dude. He lost his brother and in a very violent fashion and just wants to know the progress and you're treating him like garbage. Sir, police officer who said that, you, you are garbage. So after that debacle of a... A statement that stupid cop said. Keith left with no new information. Like, how did they treat him besides just saying that? Were they at least cordial to him after that? Fucked up, dude. You don't treat someone like that. Unless they deserve it. And he did not deserve it. So, months and months passed by with no break in the case. Absolutely nothing. What were they doing? Were the cops just sitting there with 
their thumbs up their bums? Or were they just having a bukkake session? Or were they, like, at a book club for months on end? Who knows? I mean, because his, because Anthony Charles Adams was so secretive, I get it. I kind of get it. But do your due diligence. That is not how you say that word. Do your due diligence. <laughs> oh, my God. Do your due du- diligence and freaking something, something, just anything. These poor families, in many cases, that just go so long without anything, and a lot of it, you could get some tips. Bring in other people if, like, you've exhausted your eyes and peeper, your eyes, your nose, your ears, all your senses, you are exhausted, bring in a fresh pair of something. And then maybe you can find something. Maybe you can't. Who knows? This is a pretty crazy case, so, I mean... It could be deeper than we think. The police could be involved, as we will get into. So maybe it's a cover-up. Who knows? Okay, so after months and months with nothing, just nothing, it's just the three dots, just do, 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 as they wait. Um, Never identified a suspect. The case just slowly faded into the background. And the file just ended up in a cold case box. Cold case was finally open and they still were sticking to the 1978 theories disregarding politics or hate as a motive. No, it's because he picked up a man at a bar. And you know, domestic dispute because they were both gay and it happened all the time. Fuck you. Not happening. It's probably way worse than that. Although, I mean, there is a slim chance that it could just be as simple as that, which would be very disappointing because this shit has just layers. <laughs> but, come on. So, Detective Corden Parks, that's right, Corden Parks. <laughs> you can't say it like Jeff. It's Corden Parks who is now retired but at the time led the cold case squad, believes it was a crime of opportunity, likely perpetrated by a person or group who targeted gay individuals as vulnerable targets for robbery. I could see that because he did have a wallet stolen. That's the only thing that was stolen from his apartment, though. Okay, so I can see just your wallet getting stolen back then if you're not at your apartment. But here's the thing. You're at his apartment. He has more valuables than just that wallet. So, so my friends, I think that the wallet stealing was a cover up. Like they probably tried to frame it to look like a robbery. But again, like nothing was disheveled. For fuck's sake, there was a bloody, a bloodstained knife in his utility, in the um, utensil drawer. I wish you guys could see my face right now. Why was nothing torn up? Like, if it's a robbery, you're going to have things ransacked. You're going to have something else missing. No, everything was pretty good. There are a few weird things that they did find that would come in that I will be naming. But overall, it doesn't really, like, it could be, but it couldn't be, you know? Like, could be a lazy robber. Could be he just wanted to get something and then done. Or he got was worried about getting caught before he could ransack but yeah at least this one makes scotch more sense now if it was guy picked up someone from the bar they came back and then he robbed him there that makes a little more sense than just the oh he was gay and took him home and then he got murdered from the 70s yo use your head so this makes a little more sense okay but just wait there's more (laughs) Okay, so in 2012, the police finally released the first person of interest. And this is where it can get bananas, (laughs) because I can see it kind of going in this way and kind of not. Totally ties into the whole um, homophobia thing, totally, but then at the same time it doesn't. Just wait, I'm working myself up. Oh my god. Okay, so... (laughs) So who is this first person of interest that they found? Mickey Ann Hansen. A lady. 
Her fingerprints were found in the apartment. So for fuck's sake, how did it take you that long from 1978 to 2012 to find one fucking set of fingerprints? Really? <laughs> what did you do? Just do ocular pat-downs for fing fingerprints back then? Like, I don't get it. Were you just being Mac from Sunny in there? Just assessing the situation with your eyeballs and standing there a minute with your hand in the air? And then you say, okay, it's good. Like, what the fuck were you guys doing? I don't understand. Yeah, so it took that long to get a bloody set of fingerprints. They weren't bloody. I'm just, you know, angry, cursing, bloody type thing. She is dead now, by the way. But her fingerprints were found in Adam's apartment. So, what were her fingerprints? Her fingers? What were her fingers doing in there? Well, clearly they were in there to get fingerprints, so... Little is known about her, except in the late 70s, she was a heavy drug user. A also a lady of the night and suspected of associating with a group known to rob gay people. First of all, that group of people that just robs gay people is horrible. If you're going to rob, rob be an equal opportunist of robberies. Don't rob for race. Don't rob for sexual orientation. Don't rob for genders. Just rob. Man, woman, child, old, plaid, red, blue, monkeys, bananas, everything. If you're going to rob, be an equal opportunist for robbing. Okay? Just saying that. Don't be a dick. You know, <laughs> With equality these days, everything needs to be equal, such as robbing and murder. I don't quit, like, making it all into little classes of things, although it is helpful because then you get caught easier. Unless you're an equal opportunist. Bam! Okay. <laughs> so if you get anything out of this podcast today, be an equal opportunist, Robert. You're welcome. I don't condone robbing, but I'm just saying, if you're going to rob, rob everybody, not certain people. So they're thinking she was luring him in with others to rob him, and it went dark. Like, dark, where they murdered him. Really? How can you get that from one fingerprint? There needs to be a scotch more, which we might get into. Stay tuned. You ghastly ghouls and sexy vixens. Another reason, which can go, like, uh, against this theory. Well, some people also think that she used her sexuality, you know. Like, hey, dude, he was gay. She's bi. So a lot of people are like, nah. I mean your sexual orientation to lure someone in, like, wouldn't really matter. So her being bi doesn't really matter, but he's gay. So what did she do? Did she lure him in for help? Or did she, like, try to seduce him? Like, if she did. Allegedly. Here's some tea about her aside from that. So... She's also involved in another murder, which I guess is what raises the suspicion a little higher on her. So makes her a little more suspicious. Uh, so she was a witness to another murder around that time. And also being a lady of the night, she was solicited for sexual stuff by a white supremacist. Dick Head named Joseph Paul Franklin. <laughs> now let me just say right here, Joseph Paul Franklin, I hope you're dead by now and I hope you died a terrible way because you're a terrible person. I am not sounding very nice. I'm just wanting all these jabronis to just go. So what did this white supremacist dickhead do? So he gunned down two African-American men jogging at Liberty Park in the 1980s. So this was after 
um, the murder of Anthony Charles Adams. I think maybe later on because they found her fucking fingerprints later. Did her fingerprints just end up there later on and it wasn't? Or did they like find them earlier and just didn't get to fingerprinting things until later on in life in 2012? I want to know. I want to know these things. That murder happened later. So I can see if it started to escalate that way. And maybe if, if this dickhead is the one that did murder him, this white supremacist dickhead, Mr. Joseph Paul Franklin. Really? <laughs> Who gave you three first names? Why are we dealing with nothing but three first name people in here? Rest in peace, like Mr. Anthony Charles Adams. But still, you got three first names. And so does this white supremacist dickhead. Not that you're even in the same category. Because you were just trying to change the world. And do you. In a constructive way. He's a dickhead. That just condones violence. For ridiculous reasons. Not that you should condone it at all. But I mean come on. At least do WWE wrestling. If you want to you know. Dispute in a violent manner. Don't murder people. Also. A sweet roundhouse kick to the face would be pretty cool. <laughs> Mr. Joseph Paul Franklin, I hope you get many roundhouse kisses, kisses, kicks to the face. Don't kiss him. No. After she was a witness to that murder, she testified against him in state and federal court. Though she feared for her life. Of course, you have a white supremacist dickhead on your, like, hand. He, they, they don't play very nice. And they infiltrate the system. So you probably have some white supremacist dickheads in the the judicial system and the thing. They're just hush about it. So they're not suspicious. So, you know, it's possible. So what if it happened that way? Who knows? But police suspect that Adams may have intersected with a criminal element because he was arrested for prostitution. <laughs> in comes another theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What? Yep. Yep. So, he was a fella of the night. Yep. We don't get many of those here. So, yeah. Dude, you're like a gigolo. My props to you, sir. Were you a very good gigolo? I mean, you are quite good looking. So, hopefully you got some good busyness. <laughs> okay. So, how, you ask, how was he arrested for being a fella of the night? And this, this, this makes me think, like, really? This is, this is how it happens? But remember, back then in the late 70s, you didn't have Craigslist. You didn't have all the, like, crazy ways to, you know, advertise your, your nightly services. So... Adams left his number in the bathroom stalls at bars. <laughs> Who doesn't write that just for fun too? For a good time, call blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean you are a person of the night. That could just mean that you're trying to give your friend a laugh or be obnoxious. But, I don't know, I wasn't born on different time, I suppose. <laughs> but undercover vice officer called, set up a meeting at a downtown hotel and then busted him May 31st, 1978. So this wasn't like super long before he died. Because he died in November. And this was in May. So, bro, you'd be busy that year. <laughs> he pled not guilty and was ready to stand trial. October 31st, 1978. It was dismissed less than a week before his murder. Yeah. That doesn't mean, like, I don't know what the phone conversation was, and I don't know if there's records of it, because it was the late 70s. So I don't know if they kept it, but, like, what did he say in that phone call where the vice officer was setting up a meeting with Adams? What if he just wanted to just, you know, have an adultly evening with someone for a thrill and didn't know who you were? Like, did they discuss payment? Or were they going to discuss it there? Like, what was said? So you can literally make sure. Or, because 
he is gay and African American? Was it just because, you know, he wasn't white and he wanted to diddle a dude? Like, come on. <laughs> Being back then, it, it's plausible and it's happened. It happens to this day. Okay. <laughs> so, a Socialist Workers Party of Utah alleged the case was a frame-up by the vice officers attempting to coerce Adams to become a confidential informant who could spy on the activist group he was a part of. Perhaps even police covered details of the murder, um, and they may even be involved, which, yeah, makes more sense. Like, you could totally do that, because if you have a number... There are so many. This is why this case is crazy. It just keeps collapsing in on itself with more dreadful shit. Like, seriously. As I said, this number thing is bullshit. I mean, really, everyone would just write, Oh, when we were kids, how many times did we see that or write that on things and devouch our friends' numbers? Or, you know, want to do it because we're evil. So many times. It's like, no. Like, when you sign up for something online and you don't want to give your information and you want to, like, you know, get revenge on that person, you put in their email or you put in their phone number or you put in their address and then they get spammed. It's like that, but far worse. So it's like, I think, like, if I think that whole thing's just bullshit. And what if it is a part of his murder? So now, was this? undoing part of the police. Did the police murder him and frame? There's more. There is more. Okay, we're gonna get to a few more things that will also enrage you. Ready? Ready, kids? Are you ready? I gotta adjust my squeaky chair. Yeah! Okay, so the knife believed to be the murder weapon is now missing from the evidence file. Like, what happened to the knife? <laughs> Was that mm, police cover-up or police stupidity? What happened? Like, why is it not there? When did it go missing? So, also at the crime scene, there was recent damage to the door, possibly during a forced entry. The attack also, like, so the crime scene part. So, there's shit on the door, like, damage on it from them, like, trying to force themselves in. So they couldn't pinpoint for, like, it looked re fairly recent, but they couldn't pinpoint for sure when that was done, but fairly recent within that time frame of him being murdered. So also what they found at the crime scene. Now this part's a little weird. The attacker left a stack of records inside the entrance to keep the door from swinging all the way open. Um, Detective Mallard, who arrived later that day, thought the damage was old. So he thought it was old, but also, dude, you're a police officer. We can't trust you. What if you were the one that wrote down his number? <laughs> Who knows? But honestly, why would you put your records right in front of a door, like if you live there, when there's so many other places you can put your records? You don't want your records ruined, so why would you put it on the door unless you were like, I don't know, trying to block the door from being open but records really you could put something heavier to do that but I can see if you only wanted the door open a little it would kind of block it I don't know because I don't know I didn't dare look at the crime scene photos if there is any because I don't see that that's just scary <laughs> so yeah those are some more what the fuck moments like why were those records in front of the door and how does he know how long those records have been there Sure, they could have been put there from by the murderer, but they could have also been put there by Adams. Why were they there? Most importantly, where the fuck is the knife? Because now they have so many more ways to get DNA and whatnot, so they could investigate that knife better. So maybe we could crack the case. Where the fuck is the knife? Where, I ask you, Mr. Mallard? Where? <sighs> so angry. You know how I was saying around this time, there were more, like, murders around in the gay community, just all over. So, three weeks after Adam's body was found, another gay Salt Lake City man, Doug Coleman, was shot to death a few blocks away. 
So the avenues area, I can't, I'm really terrible with where place, places are, but I think the avenues is a bit far away from downtown. So, <laughs> hmm, why was he murdered over there? Was it at his house? I don't know. Um, not only that, a few months later from that, uh, Mona Yulabari, who was a lesbian, was raped and murdered. Is that connected to all these other hate crimes or is it just in its own hate crime, which is horrible being a person that was raped. It is awful. And the fact that she was murdered, I was lucky I wasn't murdered. Thank God, but oh man. So Coleman's suspected killer was arrested and sent to a menstal mental institution. Menstal. God. Evidently, he died. And no one was charged for either homicide. Those are just a portion of the names of the people that have died there. I was doing more research on this stuff today and there was another gent that did get stabbed in the same manner. I don't think it was tied to the radiator. But around the same area also got stabbed to death. Was that also intertwined or was it different? Like what? what is going on with this world, people? Oh, it's just, it drives me bananas. Bananas. I want to know your thoughts. I'm going to open up a thread in the group and I want to hear your thoughts and theories. Also, if you have any tips for this cold case file or anything at all, I will link stuff information thingies so you can contact to do it I highly doubt anyone will because of you know age but who knows maybe you have a grandparent or uncle someone that does know something maybe because we're a younger generation we heard shit from older generations that happened and you know this case is still open like let's solve it it's it needs to be laid to rest. It needs to be closed. So let's close this shit. So I'll post things that you can contact with any information. Even if you're not sure. Any little tidbit could be the golden ticket to solving the case. You just don't know. Yeah, anything at all. Like, message. But also, like, let's come up with some fun theories. And I want to know what you think. Like... Who do you think murdered and why? Why do you think? All right. I could go on and on about this because it makes me angry, but I'm not going to. We're going to get into our playlist of the week. Do, do, do. I know I don't sing like Marcy because I don't really sing on this. She sings all the time. I'm sure she's in the bathroom by herself singing about peeing. Alrighty, so this week's playlist, which I was also thinking, and tell me what you guys feel about this, but I'm thinking of, now that I'm not going to be lazy anymore, I'm going to start posting the playlist again on our Instagram and whatnot, but I was thinking we could add to it and every episode do a Spotify playlist so you can look up our playlist for the week. Maybe. Maybe not. Should I? What are your thoughts? Because I thought that would be kind of cool because then you can just listen to it. Instead of have to look it all up. Nope. You just click that and then it will play the whole playlist for the week. And then you can be introduced to some new cool music because we all know I'm a super big music freak. And my soul is music. And I bleed music. And everyone should just fall in love with something. Be it something you normally wouldn't listen to. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. That happens to me all the time. So, you know, be open-minded when you listen to music. You might find something you don't think you normally would. Okay, here we go. Number one. <laughs> I'm going with some testaments. Uh, Brotherhood of the Snake. Because, you know, we're getting into a little bit of the conspiracy side. Ooh. Number two. Depraved by Anne Berlin. Such a weird band name. Anne Berlin. <laughs> Number three. Dose. 
by Avenge Sevenfold. Dun, dun, dun. And then we're bringing up some muse. Very political. <laughs> Exopolitics by Muse. Uh, number five, Illuminati by some corn. Not some corn, but by corn. Whoop, gotta bring that corn in. Mm. They're so good live. It was a fun show. Number six, we have The Devil is a Lie by some Rick Ross. Yep, we haven't mentioned any Rick Ross songs here yet that I can remember. So yeah, it's really catchy too. Hell yeah. One of my favorite songs, and it's applicable always, all the time, till the end of time. Number seven, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Yes, 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 yes. Number eight, Changes by Tupac. Enough said. I don't need to explain that. Number nine. I love this song so much. Okay. Bringing up This is America by Childish Gambino. Yep. If you have not heard it, you need to. Then we got to get into, you know, some stuff that, of course, is going to be on here. We're going to go with Know Your Enemy by Rage Against the Machine. Bam. Number, oh, whatever number we're on. So we're going to go with some, the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, Tom Murillo, who's amazing at guitars. We're going to go with his side stuff, and we're going to do Marching on Ferguson. Yes, 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 yes. Open your mind, listen to that. Then one I grew up with. Oh, living color, cult of personality. This probably was on a list before, but I love it so much and it applies for so many things. And they're great. Check them out. Yo. Next one, Miserable America by Kevin Abstract. You need to listen to this one. This is for the gay community. Listen. Everything wrong. Listen to that. That that narrows it down. Because miserable America. Everything that is wrong with America. Yep. Then we're going to go with some Waffle by Seven Dust. Yeah. It's a Sin by the Pet Shop Boys. Okay. Educate yourself. The Pet Shop Boys like to cause a muck within um, homophobes. Yep. So we had to have some Pet Shop Boys. And one of my personal favorites that I found, like, I think it came out 2014, so it's been a, a minute, but, and the last song is Perfume Genius Queen. It's amazing. Like, definitely helps kind of, like, shake up the system for being, being gay, like, let me see if I can look up these lyrics. Like, whatever he talks about sashaying is just beautiful. Let me find it. Let me, let me Google it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, found it. So my favorite lyrics from this song is, No family is safe when I sashay. <laughs> beautiful. Chef kiss. Absolutely true. So, world empower yourselves and only help bring people up that are different. Don't bring everyone down because you're different. Being different is what makes us all great and unites us. Because what everyone's a little bit different for, we all need that into the bigger piece of life. It's Life is a puzzle. Alright, my friends, that was this week's playlist. So, Kira... Yes, Kira, who is our Silver Fox of the Week. So, a lot of you probably don't know who he is, but he is a dapper fella, and he's very easy in the on the eyes, not in the eyes, well, probably that too. <laughs> but, so he reminds me, before I say his name, I'm just going to give a little, little what he reminds me to, yes. So, you guys who have seen Criminal Minds, you know Shamar Moore? Yeah, 
He's beautiful. Well, he reminds me of a Shamar Moore, but he's like old now and still beautiful. All right, you ready? Ready, all my ghastly ghouls, my creepy gents, and my foxy vixens? It, our silver fox of the week, is Keith Hamilton Cobb. Who is Keith Hamilton Cobb, you may ask? Well, if you really need to know, give him the Google. Google Sims. <laughs> but I will list what he is in. So for one, I'm just going to throw this out here. He was named one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world from People Magazine in 1996. So it was a while ago. He's an old bro now, but <laughs> oh, he is beautiful. So yeah, he um, is an actor who also, he does television, movies, and theater. So what I loved him for, and here's where my super geek comes out. Have y'all seen the TV series Andromeda from forever ago? Yeah, so those who have. I can't remember how you say his name, but it's like Tyre Anasazi. I think that's how you say it. But again, we know I botch every single name I say, even my own. <laughs> so yeah, he's on the movie Andromeda with um, Kevin Sorbo. Not the movie, the TV series. My bad. <laughs> so he does that TV series. Yeah, I met Kevin Sorbo the very first Salt Lake Comic Con. <laughs> I got a autograph for my mom. Why couldn't this handsome Keith Hamilton cop be there? I would have kept that autograph for myself. Yep. Okay, and those for you very select few, if any, who actually watch some daytime dramas that aren't Judge Duty. Did I say Judge Duty? Judge Duty. <laughs> it's it's a tongue twister. I can't even say Judge Judy, not duty. Her name's Judge Duty now. <laughs> Hi, world. I'm five. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> so he's in a few daytime soap operas. Which ones, you ask? <laughs> the Young and the Restless. He's Damon Porter in that. Whatever that means. Do with that info what you will. And in All My Children, he's Noah Kiefer. Again, I have not seen either. I don't know, but I'm sure there's at least one of you. And if so, you know he's a hot-looking fella. All right. He's also in one of the Twilight episodes. The episode is called Cold Fusion. He's Commander Sykes. Skies. Sorry. I can't read either. Oh. Okay, another nerd nerd um series that i watched <laughs> beastmaster the tv series yep he's in that and for my csi miami fans he was in an episode he was oscar's lawyer i never could get into oscar but i hardly watched those yeah i was more into the just basic plain old csi back in the day <laughs> also I was very micro when this one came out, but he was also in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Not the new one that is apparently out now. No, the ones with Will Smith. Way back in, I think, 95, whenever that was. I was super micro. Yeah. So, Keith Hamilton Cobb, you are beautiful. You're amazing. You are hunky chocolate that I want to melt in my mouth and possibly my hands. It'd be really messy and then I'd need to take a shower. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> but he would not because I'm not a man. <laughs> Sadly. But for all you men out there, he's divine. But us women can, you know, also drool. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, you know, one really cool thing about him is he, on his off time, he'll, like, go and help coach theater for kids trying to get into theater acting and whatnot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so Keith Hamilton Cobb, 
you look beautiful in dreadlocks. You look beautiful with long hair. You look beautiful without anything. You can look beautiful with or without pants. You are just beautiful and your smile makes my heart melt. So, my good sir, my dapper gent, Keith Hamilton Cobb, we love you. So, my peeps, guess what? That's the end of this episode. I'm not quite as awkward by myself, but slightly I was. And until we find a good sign-off, we hope you listen to us and hope that through this terrible time with, you know, all this war and terrible things that you can find happiness in the little things. Yep, like this podcast or, you know, butterfly, sunset, (laughs) something... Some really bad dad joke. Because we do have some Russian listeners. So our hearts are with you. Stay strong. Unless you're one of the douche canoes that are pro-war. Then you suck. Change your mind, okay? Be a nice person. Other than that. Hopefully things get better in the world. So, you know. We don't have to worry about things. And I'm rambling now. Alright, goodbye! Goodbye, goodbye! So, Mary. Yes, Kara. Where can they find us? Our listeners can find us at 801-HORROR-0-CCULT on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And if they are so bold as to email us, they may do so <laughs> at 801-HORROR-CULT-VIX-VIX at gmail.com. So make sure you follow us, make sure you interact with us, and make sure you keep listening to us. And spread us like the plague. Like the COVID. So, Kira. Yes, Kira. What are we talking about next week? Well, I have to see what Marty, who likes the party, wants to do. If she can come back yet or not. Because she had some surgery. So, we might do the Salt Lake Strangler. As I've been teasing about, which we will get to, I promise, Jamie. <laughs> or we might do, you know, another fun Secrets of Mormons episode with the Phantom of the Tracks. And I can go dum-dum-dum-dum-dum the whole time, because that's what I do. <laughs> so we could do that. There will be a dating app horror stalkers episode that will be coming up list a whole bunch because then you are not going to know which one and we're going to do the element of surprise on your ashes you guys want to solve crime yeah only sometimes me too you want to talk about crime Hell yeah, all the time, me too, and some spooky shit, yay, so, in our Facebook group, I'm going to put, we're going to start uh, a thread where we can discuss this episode, this cold case, if you have any suggestions for any cold cases we're not aware of, I want to bring that to attention, 